Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Joanna Koho and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and of course much, much more. And we'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience, their practical ideas, what's worked for them, what's concerning them. So we hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as a parent. Well, today I have with me uh, actually a very good friend that I've not met for a long time. We just had a good time catching up. Yvonne Kong Ho. Hi, hi Joe. How are you? Thanks for making time to Thank be with us. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Yvonne has been working in a university and she just actually moved to university. And she specializes now in workforce development. That's because I think as, as long as I've known her, she has, Yvonne has had a passion to develop people yes. of all ages, um, not just students. Mm-hmm. Now I understand you're doing a PhD. Yeah. Helping older workers <laughs> and strengthening their career resilience. There you go. Yeah, so uh, it says that you have a passion to take on a cradle-to-grave approach. Uh, of course, you know, Yvonne is here today as a parent. Mm-hmm. She's a working mom. Um, and, you know, she's going to share with us, actually, recently, um, you wrote yeah. an article, <laughs> right, in the newspaper <laughs> about parenting, about your yes. journey, your personal journey. It was a letter to your, your, your child. Yeah, to my children. Yeah. yeah. What, what prompted you to do that? So, honestly, that was actually the first week of school. And uh, my son just started P5. I didn't realize it, my mathematics got so difficult that I was really racking my brains over one of his math problems. Mm-hmm. And the two of us just sat down and we couldn't solve a problem and it got us very frustrated. And then suddenly he cried. And he cried for two hours. He wow. sobbed because he couldn't do it. And I said, oh, why don't we go for tuition? Okay. And um, he, he was very averse to the idea. He just yeah. sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And I felt like a failure, I'll be honest. I felt like um, I could handle very old kids in the university. I couldn't handle an 11-year-old or even 10-and-a-half-year-old boy. But you don't teach math in the university. It's yeah. true. But, you know, I was like, this is just a 10-and-a-half-year-old boy. I couldn't handle him. I really felt he like He did feel better that even mom couldn't do it? Mm, no, he just like, you know, I, I couldn't do it. Everything was bad, you know, like, he just went on and on. And... I didn't didn't want to bring up my boy to be such a despondent boy, right? Mm -hmm. I was at my wit's end, you know, and I started to think, why are, pardon me, why is the system like this? You know, why is, why must math problems be so difficult? You know, it's almost like a language issue. It's a linguistic game, you know, to look at math problems like this person has more, this person has less, (laughs) this percentage, that three quarters, and then the unit comes in. I was so upset. Over the weekend, and he asked me, what's the purpose of homework? Mm, a very bright child indeed. And I, I looked at him and I said, yeah, what's the purpose of homework? And I wanted to give him a very cerebral answer. Right. But it's not going to win him to me. Mm-hmm. So I asked mm-hmm. a few friends of mine. I asked parents, you know, I asked my friends, I asked my sister, I asked my brother-in-law, all very bright people, what's the purpose of homework? So some told me the narrative is that you must do homework so they can do well in school, mm-hmm. then you can get That's a good right. job, That's and right. then you can get money to buy what you want, stay in a place that you like. And I looked at them and I'm like, that's not the narrative I want to give my son. So what is the purpose of homework? And I, I felt very burdened. And, I, and then I read something in the papers. It's about how to answer questions using certain keywords so that you can get the tick from the teacher. And I was like... How to score an exam. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I know it's important. Right. I know grades right. are important, but right. 
I don't want my kids to learn for the sake of getting an A1 or an A star. That's not the kids. That's not the system that I want. So over lunch, you know, I was just writing something to them. Yeah. And then I thought of sending it to the papers, you know, as a response to a forum letter. But I busted the word limit. And then the editor was very kind. He said, why don't we make it a commentary? And it became a commentary. And I didn't know it. The last I found out, it was there were 2,500 shares on yeah, yeah, a yeah. social media platform. So... I was very wild and I was very, I'm very glad that a lot of friends reached out to me to say that they agree with every single word I wrote in the letter, but they do not dare to, you know, not play this game because the stakes yeah, are very definitely. high. Definitely. I mean, we read the letter here at Focus on the Family and I think definitely from what we know our parents and many of us are parents ourselves, uh, it resonates because we always talk about how to give your child a head start. Yeah, and today we want to nail this whole idea of what is Kiasu parenting, you know, <laughs> in the digital age, especially. Oh, I kiasuparents.com, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's a very I mean, powerful forum. It, it's, it's Singaporean parenting, right? It's, yeah. I guess that little incident forced you, Yvonne, to kind of stop for a moment and to really ask what kind of head start do you want to give your child, isn't it? You said that when you actually broached um, the possibility of maybe getting him tuition, he was not very open to it actually he already has tuition but he really didn't want to continue right. he found it very painful that um, you know he couldn't solve a lot of the problems despite tuition yes and I told him it's a learning journey we learn together mommy also is you know I'm not very good at writing, drawing units yeah why don't we learn together why don't we learn to draw models together I think that was just a very bad weekend for the both of us yeah? we were very we were just very very <laughs> upset with <laughs> math and each other yeah. Okay, but obviously you're in the education system. Um, you know, I mean, of course, at the, at the, at the higher end, higher learning, yes. right, institute, um, what, what are you seeing in, this, in the students have come, that have come by? You've, you've been with the universities, various universities for... Nine years. Nine years, yeah. Uh, what do I see? Wow. I see very bright students who can be very single-minded towards only one formula and one ideal success and that is you know the narrative is yes I'm going to get the job that I want to earn the amount that I want yeah and to have the life that I want and that will be I must you know get a certain car buy a certain condominium cannot be HDB anymore must be a condominium I must have a certain you know amount of money so that I can get a gap month or a gap year even mm -hmm. yeah I want to do what I want because it's all about FOMO and YOLO yeah, nothing wrong. You know, I respect that. I mean, we all like to travel, but to them, the wanderlust, you know, to travel is very, very strong. Yeah, I do have, of course, some students across the years that I've seen, they are very civic-minded. They want to change the world. They want to make an impact. But a lot of students, um, I think they're very into, this is all about me. Yeah, I want to self-actualize my dreams. I want to start a business. Yeah, because it's my ideal. Yeah. Nothing wrong. I'm not going to judge that. Well, I mean, just yeah. for the record, FOMO and YOLO are... Yeah, oh, YOLO, it's like, yeah, yeah. YOLO is like, you only live once, woohoo! Right. And then FOMO is the fear of missing right. out. Right, and these are yeah. very recent, um, trendy yes. terms, right? They have come about with uh, our current new young generation. Okay, so where, where do you think they are, they are getting their ideas of success from? Sometimes I find that social media, as much as we try to, you know, like, vinylize it, right, it, it plays a very big part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when they see their friends living a certain life, mm -hmm. yeah, on Instagram, they want that life. Mm -hmm. So I had a student who went on this 
particular role in a company that allowed her to travel business class within the first month of joining that company. Yeah. So she put, you know, a nice Instagram video of how she was enjoying the amenities yeah. on a business class. Yeah. And people came to me, my students came to me and said, Miss Yvonne, I also want to join this company. Yeah, I want to be on a business class trip right. yeah, to New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. what company is that? How much are they paying per mm-hmm. month? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they see a certain ideal lifestyle mm-hmm. and they want to have that as well. Right. I, I remember, okay, sorry, you know, at my time when I was younger, <laughs> I took double-decker buses, you know, from school <laughs> home, right? Mm-hmm. And then you just look out the window and you reflect about life. You're like, oh, this friend didn't like me. Oh, no, shouldn't I have said that to that friend? You start, you know, reflecting and you're like, tomorrow I must make amends. You know, I must be kinder to that friend and all. But here, our young people, and not just maybe young people, you look at anyone and everyone on the train sometimes. Yeah, people are always on their phones. When I'm bored, I pull out a phone and I just entertain myself through that phone. It could be reading the papers, it could be on a game, but there's no time to really reflect and think through your day anymore. I think that that lack of time for ourselves, the right. introspection, mm. yeah, it's really... That's really a bit ironic because it's, it's so much self-obsession and yet at the same time, you know, not thoughtful uh, self-reflection. I think intrapersonal intelligence is lacking. Mm. So as you are seeing all these um, to-be graduates yes. going out into the workforce, on, um, you know, one, in one part, major part of your life, which is your career yes. and what it's all about, and now you're looking at your children... Yes. Um, what does that speak to you about, you know, what kind of ideas of success you want to plant in them? I remember, you know, I went through this course that taught me that when my children were young, it's about first-time obedience. If they touch the electric plug Mm -hmm. and I say no touching, they must obey and say no touching. And Mm -hmm. that book, I remember, taught me that when the kids are 12 and below, you know, it's really also about obeying daddy and mommy. There can be a bit of negotiation, but you have to obey daddy and mommy. But I realised as... As young as seven or eight years old, I've got to reason with my children. You have a younger child who yes. is nine. So, yeah, the, the son is 11, the daughter is nine. Yeah, as early as seven or eight years old, I realized that I cannot use brute force to make my son, the older one, obey me. At P1 or P2, I've got to sit down with him and give him the reasons as to why he should do certain things. It became mm-hmm. acutely aware to me that I've got to be like a coach. It's really about holding them yeah. and say that, oh, you know, like I, I used to in sports and then I'm like, you know, my coach will say, okay, you need to do this, this, this because it's going to strengthen your stamina and you're going to run better. Yeah, yeah you can endure more. Mm-hmm. And he would sit down and reason with me. Mm-hmm. And I would bind to him because I respect him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I respect his authority, not just because he's my coach, but I respected his sphere of influence over me. Mm-hmm. And as young as seven or eight years old, I've got to be that coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, they still have to obey daddy and mommy when I say, cannot cross the road because the cars are coming. Yeah. That's, that's survival. Yeah, but I also realised that if I don't earn my right to be in their lives, yeah, there's no way they will obey me. Then it will be a very cerebral way of saying, you're my mommy, I'll listen to you. But I do not get into their hearts. So now I see my, my students and I see my own children, I'm acutely aware that number one, the journey of being a student is very long. Yeah. So long as they're trying their best, they're doing their best, they will find that niche for themselves. That's one. Number two is I also... I'm very, very aware every day, you know, every day that if I, I can make them do certain things, but if I break their spirits in the midst of that process, right, I lose that child. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So 
I mean, I'll be honest that every morning sometimes it's quite a struggle yeah, to pull them out of bed, you know. And then my friends were like, why don't you use an alarm clock? You know, and I'm like, the alarm clock doesn't work. Yeah, they will either snap it down and uh, it doesn't help that we live very near the school. So they wake up at 7 a.m. So it's so, it's so nice already, right? But it's so hard. And sometimes I don't, I don't forward to the mornings. I know I'm very privileged to have two kids to wake up, you know. But still, yeah, and I know that if I could, I, if I buck orders at them, they will wake up. But they will start their days off very, very badly. Everything that I do now, if I discipline them and I use very harsh words that really belittle them, the thing will get done, the task will get done, but I will break their spirits. So basically you want to instill in your children that, you know, the the journey to success comes in also discovering well. themselves. Absolutely. Uh, like you said, finding their niche. Yes. And yeah, it is a basically a lifelong journey, which yes. kind of, you know, uh, blends in with what we promote in Singapore, right? Yes. Like lifelong learning. <laughs> Uh, how I'm curious, how did you eventually answer your son about the purpose of homework? So, okay, there were a few people who gave me ideas and all. I actually sat down with him and I drew him a mind map. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and you know, in the middle of that mind map, I, I wrote, okay, there are different roles and responsibilities that we have. So I explained to him and um, I didn't do it, you know, in a table format. It, it would be a little too confrontational for him, I felt. So I actually did it in a car when my husband was driving. And then I was like, Gabe, can I just talk to you about, you know what daddy and mommy do every day? We work, right? And I didn't want him to tell him that work is very painful. No, I want him to know that we are proud of our work. We work hard because it's our destiny and our calling. Mm. We're committed to giving our best. Right. But when we work, we get money. And the money is used to run the household. That's how they get water. That's how they get food. Yeah, that's how they get electricity and all. That's important. And what is his role in his life now? He's my son. He takes care of me. He takes care of the family. He's also a brother. Yeah, he's also a student. So what are the different roles? So we expounded. It sounds a little conceptual, but I gave him a lot of examples. So in the car, we had that conversation. And then when we went home, you know, over very, very casual settings, I drew that mind map so that I wanted it to, you know, be very, very, very visual for him. Mm. I told him that it's really a role that we all have. Yeah, I'm a worker. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. You are a student now. And your role is to be the best in your learning. Do your best to learn. So homework is a form of learning. Of course, every day, it's a lot of reminders. I'll be honest, yeah, especially when work gets a bit tough. Yeah, he needs a lot of encouragement, yeah, as in a lot of children. And like now, you know, we find different ways. I recently ordered this whiteboard at home. So we put it at the wall. I realised that he's very kinesthetic. So instead of using pen and paper, we make it into a game. Yeah, so it's like using a marker and then, you know, like we do the dotted lines and then we, we really play. Yeah, because I think he actually learns better in that way. So it's really learning about whether your child is audio, visual or kinesthetic as well, mm. instead of using the very traditional way of, yeah, just sit down and memorize, sit down and do it. Would you say that this, this conversation that sort of cropped up with, or this incident that cropped up with your son has maybe changed the way you've perceived parenting or even your goal for him? <laughs> I have to say that uh, it was a very painful realisation for me mm. because... Would I, you actually yeah. the first place consider yourself a kiasu parent? Like a typical Singaporean kiasu parent as they like to call it? If I were to answer this question from the perspective of an educator, I would say that um, I'm not kiasu because I know what works in the system, right? The journey is very long, yeah. But as a mum, when emotions are involved, when there are sticks mm. and sometimes... It doesn't help when people look at you and say, hey, but you are doing quite well. Your son should be quite okay. Your daughter should be quite okay. And mm. I have to, you know, I have to very consciously tell them that my son is my son, my daughter is my daughter, and I'm who I am. Yeah, I actually had someone who told me that, you're doing a PhD. So why does your child still need tuition? 
And I looked at the person and I decided not to fight this battle. And I walked away and I, um, and I said, oh yeah, yeah, because I cannot teach math. But in my heart, I'm like, what has my doing a PhD got to do with my children's ability to perform in school? Yeah, they are very happy children. Yeah, they read, you know, they, they ask me good questions. They come out with good Lego figurines. They help people. But the ability to not be able to solve that math problem, is it a reflection of their real ability in life? Yeah, I beg to differ. Yeah, but I choose to not fight that battle. Because I think I will win that battle, but I'll lose that relationship. <laughs> so I decided, no, I, I'm not going to say too much about it. So if you were to ask me, I wouldn't think I'm a council parent, but I fear. I do have and concerns. That is natural, because I think any good parent you. Would, want, would want the best for their child. You know, and even in this endeavor to find out how they're wired, how they yes. learn. I mean, like you talk about how your, your son is more kinesthetic yes. in his learning, um, how to cater to his yes. learning abilities, uh, how to help him to find eventually his purpose or his calling or whatever, you know, his niche in life. I think any good parent in that endeavor to walk that journey would be always fearful of like, hey, am I getting the hints right? <laughs> am I observing my child correctly? Am I reading him or her correctly? Thank you for assuring me that I'm normal, <laughs> because um, yeah, the the journey to being to being a very enlightened parent can be very lonely. Not many people will you know subscribe to your philosophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I really want to make sure that yeah, I, I don't want to be a successful parent, but I lose my children. Successful in 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 you know like the kids are going to the top schools and they are doing right. very very well, but they have no values. They mm -hmm. have no they have no heart towards people towards the family. I think. Then I failed my parenting. Mm. Yeah, really. Mm. I, I wouldn't want that. Mm. I really wouldn't want that to happen. Maybe Yvonne can share a little bit. You talked about, um, you know, just the, the pressure that comes from larger society or other parents, you know, who might look upon you and think like, okay, what a terrible parent. <laughs> you know? Or how can you be shortchanging your child when you are capable of a PhD and you don't think that your child can, you know, uh, solve math problems at P5 on his, his own, right? How, what are some things that you, you do to, you know, counter that kind of pressure? And, and you mean an internal you know, way to <laughs> counter that or external way to manage the person who said that to me? <laughs> okay, I, I will assume it's internally, right? Yeah, I think... A lot of times I look at my own students and the students who have now become my friends, you know, throughout my nine years of being in, a, in the tertiary sector. And, you know, some of them whom I really, really have a very soft spot for, they are the ones who have really gone through a lot of hard knocks in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they have such a heart towards their juniors. They came the very long route yeah, into university. They were sometimes, you know, normal academic students who went to the poly, who worked really hard, who, you know, like, still had time to start a business, a social enterprise, I don't know how they do it, to mentor the young ones in basketball, and then they come to university, mm -hmm. and then they do very well in uni. They don't have the top, top grades, okay? You won't see them on stage, right. but they are the ones who are like, Miss Yvonne, how are you, you know? Yeah, here's something for you. Oh, I also bought something for someone. And you know that they buy something for you, it's not because they want to get into your good books. They sincerely feel that you're working very hard. Or they're like, oh, I've gone to that company for an internship before. Let me talk to this junior. I'll give her some tips so that she can survive in the system. Yeah. Or like, oh, you know that one? That, that, that module is really tough. You know, I have my notes. Let me pass it to her. Let me pass it to him. They have no qualms about sharing. They, they are not competitive kids to the point that they want someone to die or they want to step on someone, you know, so they can do well. I, I, I have just, they are so lovely, you know, students. Yeah. And there's a group of them. But a lot of times you can see those are the ones who really didn't have it easy in life. And right. because they have kind of succeeded now, they try to just give back. 
I, I have students who, you know, because time is very tight in the uni, it's either a three or four year program, but they still have time to be like, to be interning at social enterprises. It's not sexy at all. Mm. The pay is not good. Mm -hmm. In fact, sometimes they don't get paid, but they, you know, come out of their own money to really go and give back to somewhere, somewhere in India, somewhere in Thailand. I have a student who actually went to grow cotton in India to come up with sanitary napkins for women in India. Mm. I have students who like, you know, just give up everything so that they can, you know, for six months, so that they can start something for the, you know, like, what do you call that? Child trafficking. Mm. Yeah, mm. cases and issues right. in Thailand. Yeah, and, the, the, you know, their friends will be like, why are you not working in a bank? You know, the bank will pay you a thousand three for, for your internship allowance, right? Yeah. They're like, no, no, you know. Because I'm a student, I can do this now. If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? Those are the students that I really respect. And I think they will go very far because they really have a heart for people. And this is, you know, I always tell students, right, you distill the 21st century skills is adaptability, creative problem solving, collaborative, you know, working styles, yeah, critical thinking skills, resilience. And this is what we call the E, the empathy. I think if you have empathy, when in, you know, in the future, when you become a leader, you, ha you are going to be a leader with very high EQ. Mm. That's when you really get followers. Mm. John C. Maxwell says, mm. yeah, people follow you just by sheer fact that you are their leader. It's personhood leadership. Mm. I think that's the epitome of leadership. Mm. And so this uh, ACRE, right? A -C -R -E. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a way, would that be, if you can say, your, your, almost your, your parenting goals for your children? Yeah. I think one parenting goal also is that, you know, I hope that as they grow up, they'll be close to me at every stage of their lives and they know that whatever happens at home, you know, or rather whatever happens outside, they can always come home. Mummy mm. will always be here to cheer you on like a coach, you know, to bring you through. Mm. I will not be the gardener, you know, to like, you know, make sure everything is flat before you go out. But I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's try it. Yeah, it's okay. I'll cheer you on. Yeah, mm. if you need some help, I'm here. If not, I trust that you can do this. I really want to be close to them. Mm. Yeah, you know, through every season of their lives. And I think that's why I gave up you know, certain career choices mm. so that I can be the one to put them to bed almost every night unless I really have to do a business trip. Mm. I, I remembered, um, I think just two years ago, you know, I gave up on a career that I was really wanting to, but I would have to fly very frequently. And I was so upset with myself. I felt like a zombie. I was walking around, right. I think. Yeah. I think for six months, I felt like, you know, yeah, my career is doomed. You know, I have no future because I gave up on that. And one night, you know, while I was trying to put my kids to bed, my son came to me and said, you know, like, Mommy, when I grow up, will you die? And I said, yeah, when you grow up, I'll grow old and I will die. Mm. And I don't know how he came to this, you know, conversation. He just started sobbing. He came to me. He started hugging me. We're in bed, just hugging me and sobbing. And I said, I don't want you to die. Then I don't want to grow up so that you will not grow old. And I remember when I was there and I was like, I was like, I told him, you know, I will not die until you're ready. I will not leave you until you're ready. But in my heart, I was like, who am I to say, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I believe in God and I'm a Christian, yeah. but if God really wants to bring me home, then I'll have to go home. Yeah. So, but in my heart, I remember trying to talk to my son and comfort him. And another part of me, I was trying to negotiate with God, not before they are ready. And that night, actually, it told me that that's the reason why I have to give up on that career because I want to be that one to be with them. I want, can you imagine if they were with a helper? I don't think that helper would be able to comfort him the way that I did. So that's my parenting goal, you know, not to break their spirits, to be that parent coach with them, to see them through, yeah, to hold them and we just walk through life journey together. And that's one child who has demonstrated empathy.
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope um, yeah, they will continue you know, to be close with me. I think that's very important. Well, here at Focus on Family, we, we talk a lot about you know, the need for parents to adopt a, a style of that of a, a parent coach oh, as okay. well, you know, where we uh, facilitate the whole uh, journey of our child growing up, um, teaching them how to be independent, how to be responsible. And uh, on top of that, not just you know, empowering them with skills, 21st century Acre skills <laughs> of adaptability. I need to pay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, creative thinking, collaboration, yes. uh, resilience, absolutely, empathy, right? Yeah, uh, uh, but it's interesting because the Search Institute has a body of research that talks about how a lot of these what they call developmental assets mm-hmm. are actually um, implanted into a child through developmental relationships, and mm-hmm. key a key oh. developmental relationship is that between parent and child. And so, as you're sharing, you know, just that desire to want to always be there for your children. Um, I think for us, that would be successful parenting. And if there's something that, as a gasu parent, we want to be fearful <laughs> of, is maybe that fear that, that we can be there for our children for as long as they need us until we are assured that they are good on their own. Thank you so much for sharing with us the realities <laughs> of parenting in Singapore. Uh, definitely, I think it has, um, I hope it has encouraged you know, uh, some parents out there uh, definitely has encouraged me, you know, that if we feel that we are alone encountering this so-called kiasu parenting culture and we want to redefine success for our children, there are other parents out there trying to do that. Yes, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you so much uh, for joining us on our Parent thank you, Ed thank you, podcast jo. and we uh, hope to have you back sometime again sure. soon. Thank you so much, Joe. If anyone out there would like more resources uh, with regards to parenting or family life, you can always check our website. That would be www.family.org.sg. And if there is actually a really, really pressing question that you have on parenting or you know you 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 just want us to address some topic, you can always write in to parent at uh, that's P-A-R-E-N-T-E-D at family.org.sg This is Joanna Koho for the Parent Ed Podcast. Until next time, keep calm and parent on!